Hi, everybody. This is Mandy Lauren Lassour, and you are listening to The Lead In, the podcast where we explore the intersection of leadership and inclusion. We have to approach this work the same way we'd approach traveling to another country. There has to be some pre-work. There has to be a basic roadmap. And along the journey, what happens is you meet people that as you take the risk to travel to another country, most times we all, we have a testimony to say, hey, I met such and such, or I, I, I came across a group of people that helped me navigate at a restaurant or, uh, or, or some attraction. And it made the journey more pleasant. It took the anxiety away. Welcome to the sixth and final episode of our series, Inclusive Leadership, Head, Heart, and Hands. We have covered a lot on what you need to know, feel, and do to advance from being merely believers to actual builders of inclusive workplaces. In this episode, Marvin King, SOAR's lead facilitator for the Black Men's Leadership Development Program, and Alan Colley, SOAR's COO, conclude the topic of the hands with the roadmap for what to do to strengthen that inclusive leadership muscle. As we end the series, we know you will be inspired to move the needle forward and equipped with the tools to do so. So let's listen in. Hey, Marvin. Hey, Alan. How are you? I'm doing well today. I am doing well, too. It's so good to see you and have you back in the uh, podcast booth. Today is a very interesting day because it's uh, fairly bittersweet for us because we are in the last episode of our six-episode series on inclusive leadership. As you know, we talked about the head, the heart, and today in the last podcast, actually, we talked about the hands and uh, we talked about our own personal development uh how we displayed courage, curiosity, emotion. It was all in there. So I hope everyone had a chance to listen to podcast number five. Uh, it was a very poignant description of how two people, uh, two, a black man and a black, a black man and a white man get together and try to make some sense out of history and what's happened in both of our lives that shape who we are today and what brought us together. Um, so today, uh, we're going to talk about some traits, and we're going to talk about some tactics, so we can get down to the nitty gritty of the doing. Uh, I'd like to say that uh, with the hands part, where we are now is we are transitioning from the head and the heart to the hands. But I want you to think of it as putting yourself in your own hands. So you need to be an inclusive leader in order to change the way the world is. And we feel that inclusive leadership is the, is the way forward in the 21st century. Uh, so I, I think I'll just leave it right there. Thank you, Alan. And, you know, I would also like to share with our listeners today, we are coming on the heels of Juneteenth. And as we have been taking this journey of inclusive leadership, it has been our desire that we have uh, become more aware of others and developing the courage to engage in this uh, courageous curiosity that we have been talking about over the past 
five episodes. And we'd like to take this opportunity to acknowledge not just those who celebrate Juneteenth, but those who celebrate other significant cultural holidays uh, that oftentimes uh, are not spoken or go overlooked. And so we definitely want to acknowledge those who uh, participate in uh, various holidays, such as Cinco de Mayo and uh, Ramadan and those who participate in Yom Kippur or Diwali or some of the other holidays that uh, oftentimes go overlooked as we, uh, even on our own journey uh, to become inclusive leaders, want to acknowledge those persons uh, who respectfully celebrate uh, those holidays as we become more culturally aware. Thank you, Marvin. I think where I'd like to begin our discussion today is not only celebrating Juneteenth, but all the other uh, holidays and uh, symbols of uh, independence that we see around the world. Uh, I'd, I'd like to start by reciting a quote from Representative John Lewis. And the quote is as follows. Do not get lost in a sea of despair. Be hopeful, be optimistic. Our struggle is not the struggle of a day, a week, a month, or a year. It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never, ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. And I love this idea of good trouble. I think being an inclusive leader is your pathway to good trouble. It's something that we need to address and we should feel strongly about becoming inclusive leaders. So let's talk a few seconds about what it means, what are the traits, and then we're going to move into tactics, but what are the traits of inclusive leadership? The first trait is your visible commitment. So myself as a leader, Marvin, you as a leader, we can articulate an authentic commitment to diversity. We can challenge the status quo. We hold others accountable to being inclusive leaders, and we make diversity and inclusion a personal priority. You know, often, Marvin, when we're in organizations and they start off a meeting and they'll, somebody will stand up and they'll say, I'm going to make um, everybody aware, I'm going to articulate our commitment to safety. It's a safety commitment. On that same way, I think in the, in the second breath, it should be, I'm here to articulate my position on diversity and inclusion and make it as important to you as safety is to this organization. It should be right up there at the top. So we have to show those visible, articulate and show those visible commitments. The next uh, number two, trait number two is humility. And this is interesting because we really covered this in our last podcast, but we were talking about it in terms of vulnerability. But humility is really is to be modest about our capabilities that inclusive leadership is evolving. It's, it's, it's not a perfect science yet. It's a lot of art and some science. And the idea is for us to be able to admit mistakes that we don't know what we don't know and create a space for others to contribute to that space that we don't know. Number three, awareness of bias. Uh, you know, if you have a brain, you're biased. And we need to show others that we are aware that we have personal blind spots and that we're not afraid to talk about them because the, the, the system has caused some of that, the way we think with uh, our, our brains. Uh, 
it, it, it's, it's difficult to know the right answer all the time. So we have to be aware of our own biases, the biases that we have innately, and some are systemic. So that's very, very important. Uh, the next three traits, so I'm going to go to number four now, is curiosity about others. We talked about demonstrating courageous curiosity. And that's the ability to go up to somebody that you really don't know and start to have a conversation that is probably in general light at first, but then there's a purpose to that conversation. So you want to demonstrate this deep curiosity about others, listen to them without judgment, and speak with empathy to understand those around them. Okay, and I'm going to do the other two quickly, and then we can go deeper into those. Number five is cultural intelligence. Uh, matter of fact, let's just go there now. I think you have a great metaphor about how you take this journey of cultural intelligence, Marvin. Yeah, Alan, thank you uh, for that. Um, when we talk about cultural intelligence and awareness and people uh, demonstrating courage to ask questions of someone that is not in their immediate network or sphere of influence. That 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 can sometimes feel risky and, and sometimes cause people to have some tension uh, with vulnerability. And I want people to think of it like this. When we uh, travel out of the country, uh, we go to a foreign country, uh, we go to a place where we don't know the culture, we don't know the people, we, don't, we, we know little of the language, uh, we know little of the uh, significant attractions. But before we travel, there is some pre-work that takes place before we before we get on an airplane, before we uh, navigate and get to a hotel, we map out the journey. We map out the itinerary. How am I going to get from point A to point B in this place of discomfort right as I'm traveling? And as, as, as our listeners are listening to this, I want you to think about as an inclusive leader, developing your own roadmap to travel to or travel with a person that you really don't know well or are comfortable with or are not uh, fixtures in your own personal network. So that takes some pre-work. That, that, mean, that, that means that we have to, to do some pre-work on understanding some culture, enough culture to open the door, to, get, to gain access and communication. We, we've got to do some pre-work in understanding uh, some nuances of, of history, right? You know, so so many of us have to do some what I call uh, that that cultural pre work as we are seeking to develop the the, the cognizance and the curiosity mm. as it relates to cultural awareness. Um, and, and so I, I encourage our listeners to develop that itinerary, that roadmap of just some. It doesn't have to be in detail, but just enough to open a conversation. Right? N not many people knew about Juneteenth. Um, where, where we are geographically located, it's now becoming more, people are becoming more aware of it. But where I, where I grew up, uh, I grew up all my life. I've known about Juneteenth. However, you know, even as we prepare for this podcast, we were talking about Juneteenth and in the series of things that have happened in our journeys to open this dialogue that we develop more cultural and historical awareness. So we have to approach this work the same way we'd approach traveling to another country. There has to be some pre-work. There has to be a basic roadmap. And along the journey, what happens is you meet people. 
that as you take the risk to travel to another country, most times we all we have a testimony to say, hey, I met such and such, or I, I, I came across a group of people that helped me navigate at a restaurant or, uh, or some attraction, and it made the journey more pleasant. It took the anxiety away. And so I would encourage our listeners to, to do that, to, to create some cultural awareness beforehand, an itinerary uh, that kind of helps to deal with some of that tension and anxiety. Excellent. I'll give you two personal ahas that I had kind of growing up using your journey metaphor. One was uh, I was going to Japan and uh, the Japanese are extremely orderly and very involved in their schools and being able to grow as individuals. And what does that look like? given the Japanese culture and there's some drawbacks, but there's also a lot of positives. And I remember that I was with my daughter and we were trying to learn more about the culture. And we noticed that, first of all, everything was spotless. Everything was orderly. Everything moved along on the trains. The trains run on time. And the people are so generous, but so meticulous about what they do it was amazing. It was like, so if you went, you didn't eat outside in the open. That was not, you could go sit and enjoy outside, but not eat because you create waste and that's not a good thing. You have to dispose of it, et cetera, et cetera. And it was like, that was just a little small revelation, but it was very obvious that this is, I was in a place very different. And how do we respect and honor some of those traditions that are beautiful in any culture? One other one real quickly is uh, when I was getting ready to, to go to France, I had read a book, and this is a way long time ago, but it was called The Ugly American, and that French people didn't like Americans. And I thought, how could anybody not like Americans? And uh, yet when I went over and I was traveling on the TVG train, um, I noticed that, that, that Americans talking in a voice like we're talking at, at this level, French people didn't do that. They have what they call a French voice and it's quiet. And so we look like we are boisterous and obstreperous and just in our movements, et cetera. And yet I thought, wow, this is really interesting. I can learn from all of these cultures, mm -hmm. something that makes me reflect about what's my culture like? And do I give this perception off that isn't really what I would want people to see me as. I certainly don't want them to see me as an ugly American. Right. So that's th that's part of the exciting part, I think, of the metaphor of taking the journey. You're yeah. going to learn so much about yourself. You become more self-aware, and then you become more circumspect about how you interact with others who are unlike you. Yeah. So the the so we we talked about curiosity about others. I fit that's in there. That's point number four. Point number five was cultural intelligence. I think we hit that one pretty well. But think about this. When you put all those together, when, if you put all numbers one through five together, you really end up with number six, which is effective collaboration. And this is where we empower others. We pay attention to the diversity of thinking. We create psychological safety and focus on team cohesion. These are extremely important for becoming an inclusive leader and having these six signature traits as your 
guideposts um, for your own personal development and your interaction with others. Yeah. Alan, you bring out some very interesting points and, and I appreciate you for really helping our listeners understand those six signature traits of inclusive leadership. And as you were talking about your own journey using uh, the trip metaphor, the, the journey metaphor, there's something that just kind of jumped out in my mind. Uh, and, I, and you talk about this consistently as we help our listeners understand as we move to the, this hands piece, what do I do now? What does this look like? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm aware of these six signature traits of leadership, um, but but you mentioned something that I think is a good transition for for us in, our, in, in today's episode, as well as for our listeners in their journey uh, to becoming inclusive leaders, and that is this idea of humility. And you recognizing in your trip to France and your trip to Japan that there are some things outside of your experience um, that you just did not understand. And when we talk about becoming an inclusive leader and how do I move actively into that realm of inclusive leadership, humility stands out. And I hear you talk, hear you talk about this consistently, understanding that it's really not about us, not bringing our preconceived experiences and notions to an environment, but allowing the environment and the people of that environment to speak to us that we might collectively learn how to find a rhythm together. Very well stated, Marvin. I agree 100%. So that leads me to talk a little bit about uh, what are these tactics that we should be using. And I think there are three. So let me just kind of highlight those, but they're really, I want to challenge the, everyone who's listening to the podcast to take these to heart. The first tactic would be think about putting together a group of people, often your peers, who you have regular contact with um, and who you trust to have straight talk with. Okay. And in our group, I'll use that example is we, I have, Marvin, we have Roberta, we have Jocelyn, we have Stacy. And to me, that's my diverse personal advisory board because I need to get feedback on what I do that is not inclusive. And I need to trust that what I'm hearing is dead on correct feedback. And I have to say that the, I feel that we have the psychological safety in our group to be able to do that. And uh, I think everyone should have this, at least think about having a diverse personal advisory board. The, there are some statistics out there that are very fascinating and they have to do that. A lot of people, when, when you do a uh, uh, inclusive leadership assessment, what you will find out is you either think you really do it, but you don't. That, that about a third of the people think they can do it and they not already understand what it means to be an inclusive leader. But when they get feedback, they go, oops, not so much. And then the second third is those people that are pretty much on target. And then the other third are those that they, they have no idea. They may be able to articulate some thoughts about inclusive leadership, but they really don't understand the depth and the practices that you have to undertake to be able to deliver on those six signature traits. 
So that's number one. Number two, I would suggest to everybody that they look at the, back to the metaphor of the journey. We're on a learning journey here so that if they could share their learning journey with each other. So for example, you and I share that quite often about our learning journey. What are we discovering together that we go like smack in the head? Oh my gosh, I get this now. I see what this means. So I think those are, those are times that we are aware of. You could call them, I might call them inclusion moments where we make a discovery and share it with each other and say, wow, this is really, really good. And we can build this into how we can be better inclusive leaders. And then a third tactic is for leaders to immerse themselves in uncomfortable new situations back to the travel journey. Um, yeah, you got to do your homework on those, but you have to be able to do this in a way that demonstrates you're an inclusive leader. I think those are three practical tactics that you can move out on almost immediately. And of course, you know, as we've talked before, you can have the head part, right? You can get all of this intellectually. You can get the heart part. You could feel passion around this work, but if you can't do, if you can't implement it, then the other two just kind of fall by the wayside. So if I were summarizing the head keeps our, thinking in the game, our heart keeps the passion alive to drive to have these six inclusive traits representative in your leadership style. And then their hands are what allows you to accomplish it, which allows the metrics to happen because we only want to measure the effects of inclusive leadership. And I want to know, how am I doing? You can go to your, your diverse personal advisory board will tell you how you're doing. I guarantee you that. And uh, your exposure to other individuals uh, who are unlike you, that'll challenge you. And of course, there's always the, uh, uh, the element of the learning journey. What, it, what am I learning? And am I sharing that with everybody else? Because they're on a learning journey too. So I think with that, that's the wrap for today. I think, uh, Marvin, if there's anything else you'd like to add, Love to hear it. I think we, we've got some some very good practical tips to know how to really uh, exercise this this hands piece of our inclusive uh, leadership uh, makeup. And I'd like to continue to, to, to thank our listeners uh, for tuning into these episodes as we have taken this journey of inclusive leadership. Uh, we are committed here at SOAR. Uh, to developing inclusive leaders. And the why behind what we do is to make sure that you are equipped to uh, have all the tools and resources necessary for you to go back to your organizations, your communities, and the various uh, places of influence, and to be a, uh, a, therm a thermostat and not a thermometer, that you can go into an organization and instead of uh, that organization shaping you, you began to shape it through the principles and practices of inclusive leadership. So I'd like to thank all of our listeners once again for tuning in to uh, this series of podcasts as we have dealt with the six signature traits of inclusive leadership and talked about the head, uh, heart, and hands. Uh, please stay tuned for, it, for a future podcast as we are looking to continue to bring leadership content to you.
Thanks for listening to the Inclusive Leadership Head, Heart, and Hand series. We hope these six conversations gave you something to reflect on and more importantly, inspired you to act. Kamala Harris stated, our unity is our strength and our diversity is our power. Alan and Marvin certainly illustrated that sentiment throughout this series. Stay connected with us as we create the next series for the Lead In Podcast. Now, if there's a topic you'd like to hear about, let us know. Did you like what we had to say today? We really hope so, and we want you to be part of the movement. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. We really appreciate your feedback and support. You can also find us on Instagram at SoarLead. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next time for another The Lead In Podcast Conversation.